Welcome to Boating Insights. This is a podcast about achieving your boating dreams, brought to you by Above and Beyond Boating. We deliver the leading courses to skipper your own boat. Hi, I'm Neil Driscoll, and I'm going to be talking to you today about the East Australian Current. Uh, so for some of you overseas, you might not find this one as relevant, but um, those people that are doing a bit of boating in Australia, hopefully I can give you just a few thoughts that will be helpful. Now, um, first of all, I'm going to talk to you about how you might choose to get in it or get out of it, uh, because we're based in Sydney and you know many of the people I'm with are, then I'm going to look at it from a Sydney-based perspective to begin with. So there's some kind of standard ideas that we talk about. First of all is, you know, as a rough idea, the contour lines um, for depth contours run fairly parallel to the coastline when you go up and down the east coast of Australia. So if you, the kind of general thought is that if you can say uh, inshore of the 50 metre contour uh, when you're going north, then that generally should help you avoid the current. And it, you know, when we look the other way, if you're wanting to be in the current, then uh, rough idea is if you can be uh, in the hundred meter uh, deeper water, deeper than a hundred meters, you should you should hopefully be able to find it. Now, um, because the current runs from north to south, starts up at the Great Barrier Reef, um, and then comes down the east coast, you you will generally find it's coming from a, a a warmer climate further south the the water um that is actually the the water moving as a current is actually generally warmer than the water around it so when you're having a look at various um websites one of the easiest and most user friendly is just looking at the water temperature on the uh, bomb uh, the bureau of meteorology um but basically if you can see the the warmer water that should be an indicator of where the where the current is um uh, a lot of modern gear these days actually has a, a temperature reader of the water as well, so you, you might be tracking that. Um, I mean, you, you hear stories from the old days of people with a medical thermometer uh, and a bucket of water trying to test the test the temperature of the water on their way to Hobart to see if they're in the current or not. I, I do know people that swear by it. I think there's probably m- more advanced technology, you know, like just using um, satellite technology to... Uh, actually see the actual temperature of the water surface rather than just um rather than a, a, a thermometer in a bucket it's probably more accurate for you um but basically what you what you want to understand is that as the current comes around the headland so say like cape byron crowdy head uh seal rocks uh tr- and sorry i missed out um trial bay there um I've found as a rough guide that if you start on a basis of the current running at about four knots when you're at Byron Bay, um, each major headland after that, it tends to drop off approximately uh, by just under a knot. So uh, by the time you, if it was four knots at Cape Byron, you might expect it to be three knots at um, uh, Smoky Cape, just south of Coffs Harbour. And um, so on until you got down to Seal Rocks, where it might only be a knot. Uh, I say only a knot, you know, if if you're only travelling at four or five knots, then a knot of current against you could be significant. And if you were tacking, it could be really significant. So um, it's worth factoring in with your passage plans. If you know that the current is going to be running 
uh, running quite hard and you think you're going to need to get inshore, making sure that you've actually had a good look at your navigation in advance so that you know how close inshore you'd be confident to, to track. Um, if you have a look, most of the rocks offshore, obviously not all, but most of the rocks tend to be between a depth of 30 to 50 metres. So there are points that you might be happy to hug the coast quite closely. Um, the, the, the old saying when uh, the cost race was still going on was when you're tacking up the coast, just basically head into the beach until you hear the waves breaking and tack out. From a seamanship perspective, I would say that's probably a bit closer for comfort than um, many people might want to go, but you, you get the idea, or hopefully. Um, now, the the next thing is in, in terms of, you know, finding it um, is, you know, because the current's running from north to south, then on a, on a journey home, then you might say, oh, yeah, I really want to go and get in the current. Um, something I just want you to think about, though, is... If the current is running south and you've got a southerly wind, so the the wind coming from the south, the current coming from the north, and you've got um, you've got the wind bashing into it, then you can end up with some quite significant standing waves that were likely to even be breaking. Um, now, the problem with that is because you end up with a sloppy, disorganised sea state that's potentially breaking. And so although you might be traveling quite fast, you're still uh, over the ground. You're still bashing into a southerly in breaking waves and um, it can be very unpleasant, which means that even if there is a favorable current running, it can sometimes be smart to go a long way offshore to try and basically go out right offshore, maybe even to 1,000, 1,500 meters deep until you're out of the current um to allow you to to miss some of those points and um especially an area that can get caught up is if you're heading from southport and just coming back down to sydney because uh, the rum line takes you into the deepest current or the strongest current um but you know if, if you're going if you've got if you've got a, a northerly you know happy days running with the current you're running with the wind and you, you know you're going to be flying along even on a, a fairly modest uh cruising boat but um, if the wind's coming from the south, it's going to be very unpleasant. So you either might want to think about stalling um, till the breeze changes direction or head a, you know, a fair way offshore, sort of 10, 15 miles offshore before you make the turn into Sydney to try and avoid being caught in the wind against current. Um, outside of that, uh, you know, paying attention to the boat speed against the speed over ground to give you an indication of um you know how much current you have can be useful you need to remember uh that that will only really work if you've got the current kind of directly in front of you or behind you uh you can get some indication if it's on your beam but not as much um and also with all these things if you're trying to take measurements to work out how much current you're in uh, then you need to make sure that your instruments are calibrated and accurate so for example your speed log impeller is clear and reasonably well calibrated if you have a therm uh, thermometer, uh, then that's calibrated, and that you actually know how to get the information out of your GPS. So current can be one of your best friends um, in in the right conditions. Uh, wind against current with a strong breeze and um, strong current can make for a, an extremely unpleasant, potentially quite dangerous day out. Um, and so um, please just bear, bear that in mind and um, don't uh, don't always just sit in the current because it's uh, because it's your run line. Thanks very much. Bye.